You're listening to the Coach T Podcast, hosted by my dad. Welcome to the Coach T Podcast. My name is Isaiah Thomas. I'm here with Westland John Glenn head coach, Mr. Bill Polk. Bill, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Isaiah? I'm good. Enjoying the uh, summer weather. It's not too, not too hot, not too cold. I uh, went to the Mammoth Caves a couple weeks ago, and that was a fun time with the family. Sweated through a lot of shirts. <laughs> I hear so. that. I, I, I'm not much of one for the sun, and I spent some time in the sun yesterday, so I'm feeling a pretty good sunburn. Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> hey, get put the sunblock on. I don't want to. I don't want to read about you having third degree burns. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so, uh, Bill and I have kind of like two connections. The first one is when I was at Muskegon Community College, I was actually done competing. But Darren Cruikshank, I believe his name was Cruikshank. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, he was on the team. My, well, I had already graduated, but he was a kid that I hung around with because I still come up to practice before I moved back to Lansing. And uh, Bill's teams always came to the Michigan duels, and I feel like uh, every year we had great duels, but we never beat you guys. <laughs> uh, uh, I tell you what, there's one year you should have. I, I can't recall exactly what happened, but I know it was a it, it was probably 2014. It's probably 2014. Uh, that uh it's that was an interesting one because we had um we had matches where we had majors and then you guys came back and took a major from us you know or took a tech from us and we right. ended up losing by like one or two points and yeah. uh that kind of changed the <laughs> dynamics for when we made the team states and ended up having to wrestle st john's because you guys had lost to a team that uh that beat some team and then you guys beat us and very complicated way of how they how they put us, but hey. So we played this. We played <laughs> yeah. the spoiler for you. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's all right. You know, I don't. And we wrestled really well against St. John's. I always wondered what if we had been um, six through three, if we had a good shot to make it to the semis. I think we had a pretty good team that year. Huh. But uh, just to list some things that uh, Bill's teams have accomplished: ten conference titles, sixteen district titles. Five regional titles in 2019, made to the state semis, over 461 dual wins. Eight times he's been the regional coach of the year, and three years ago he was the state coach of the year for Division One, and has been in the game for 23 years. So tell me, how'd you get started in this great sport of wrestling? Oh boy, well, um, going back to my high school years, I didn't start wrestling till I was in high school. Um, I actually didn't know anything about it. And I guess I was one of those kids that was trying to find my way. Um, I felt like I was doing a lot of different things and wrestling really wasn't even on the radar. So I had a good friend of mine, um, actually a couple twins that I used to hang around with. Their older brother was two years older than me and obviously used to pick on me and always trying to get me to go to wrestling. So I worked a part-time job um, when I was a freshman in high school and um, I worked with, um, Rodney, his name was, and we would always talk wrestling, you know, he would go to tournaments on Saturdays and then Sunday morning we would always work and he would always tell me how the tournaments went. And, uh, you know, so we'd always have a discussion about it and it always ended as, man, you need to come out for wrestling. But, you know, I was, like I said, I was one of those kids that maybe thought I was too cool for it or whatever. You know, we always run into those kids. We try to recruit in the hallways. Right. Um, so any rate. I uh, came to his senior year, and it's kind of a tragic story. Um, 
his senior year, he was joined the soccer team and he was on the soccer field and had a heart attack and ended up passing away. He was 17 years old. Um, so it hit me pretty hard. You know, it was, like I said, good family friends lived around the block. And so I was kind of beside myself and, you know, he come to find out he had a heart murmur he didn't know about. So we hear about this stuff a lot more nowadays um, with all the right. physical effects and things. But back then it wasn't so common. Um, so at any rate, like I said, it hit me pretty hard um, when Rodney passed away. And I guess I was I, I did it in kind of dedication to him because it would just kind of go through my head about him always wanting me to wrestle. And so, you know, that October I decided, you know what, I'm going to give this a try. And of course, from day one of the first day of conditioning, um, you know, we all recognize those kids that are kind of raw that come out for the team and you get the coach kind of raising an eyebrow saying, who is this kid? You know? <laughs> right. um, so I think, you know, looking back, I didn't know that then obviously as a kid, but looking as a coach, you know, I noticed those kids on a yearly basis and, you go, wow, this kid could be something. So, you know, my coach took care of me. And uh, initially, um, you know, I think I just jumped right in. And, and from day one, I loved it. You know, I didn't realize what I was missing. And from that point, I guess I, I never looked back. And I've been doing it, you know, for over 30 years now. <laughs> uh-huh. Gosh, man, that's uh, that's a, I, I've always talked about on the podcast how every – person that I've interviewed so far has a different pathway to how they started wrestling. And, uh, I, I love the uniqueness of it. Um, you being motivated by, by your friends passing and everything else to really dedicate that, that, that time of yours as a, as an individual. Now you ended up wrestling at, that was it Olivet after high school. Yeah. I actually wrestled, uh, at Eastern Michigan for a year and Olivet for three years. Because I know you were teammates with uh, Sean Baines, who I uh, worked with at Otto Middle School, and he was the PE teacher there, and I was the head wrestling coach there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I know Sean very well. We talk yeah. often. <laughs> good guy. Good guy. He's he's also an Oscoda uh, owl, I believe. Absolutely. He is an owl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he wrestled, he wrestled for four years in college. What uh, What got you into the coaching? Well, like I said, um, you know, when I first started this sport, uh, I, I, it changed my life looking back as an adult, you know, I don't know where I'd be right now if it wasn't for this sport, because I, I really think it's driven me since the first day that I walked into a room. Um, and from that point on, there was no question. I've just always wanted to be involved in the sport. Um, so I went through my years as a competitor and I knew right away, um, going through college, you know, I wasn't really sure what I was going to do with myself at that point, but um, I knew I wanted to stay involved in wrestling. So naturally, um, the career and education kind of followed suit. Um, and I knew, I knew as soon as I was done with school that the first thing that I was going to do is go find a coaching job. And, you know, and here we go 25 years later or whatever. <laughs> All right. Uh, yes, that's a, you know, a, a, a being an educator, uh, I, I think it's it's a unique balance because you, because uh, I, I, you teach at the school that you coach at, correct? Correct, I do. Yeah, so it's a unique balance where you're seeing these kids um, for more than their own parents or their siblings because you're around them all day. You're up with them about 60, 70 hours a week if you count uh, all day practices and then tournaments. Uh, they start to become 
part of your extended family. No question about that. You know, you get really close to these kids, especially, you know, with a lot of them, hopefully starting at the youth level. Um, but again, it, it, at this point, it really doesn't matter. You, I'd say, you know, we always have a few youth kids and then we have a big number of kids that come out, you know, as ninth graders, which, which is great because it, you know, they all have their different challenges, but it's, that's kind of the game, right? If coaching is trying to figure it out and make it all work. Right. Right. No, no, definitely. So when you came to Westland, John Glenn, and um, what was your kind of your vision or your, your, what did you want to do as a coach to improve maybe on the tradition or take to a certain level? Um, well, when I, when I came to John Glenn, you know, the, the program was going through a lot of changes. They haven't had a state placer. I believe it was about nine years. Um, you know, the team was in a little bit of turmoil, which again, I didn't understand that as a coach, I was just happy to get a teaching job. Um, and the gentleman that was the current coach, Dave Hill, um, he was on his way out and retiring and kind of sought me out because he knew me from high school. Um, and he basically got me the interview with the assistant superintendent, which had a wrestling background and, and the cards kind of fell from there. So I taught at the middle school for seven years before moving up and kind of bounced around in a couple different schools through the raw years of teaching there for a while. And, you know, eventually got into the high school and, and been there ever since. Wow. Has it, so it, it, it at John Glenn, you guys have a um, – how is your program set up from the youth to the middle school to the high school? Well, we got a youth program. Um, gosh, I don't remember. I started the youth program right away. Actually, my two of my assistants um, that I'm sure you probably know fairly well, um, kind of my mentors of my entire coaching career, um, John Wood and Frank Cox. Yep. Um <laughs> You know, Great those guy. guys have been with me since day one, and they've mm. been around the sport since before I was born. So what better can a young coach have? You know, I was wet behind the years. I was 23 years old, kind of taken over. Um, the assistant coach that had been there for a number of years stuck around for two years just to see some kids out of there. Mm -hmm. um, but I had free reign, and he, you know, basically made an agreement that it was my program, and he was kind of going to help me for a little while. Mm -hmm. um, just kind of learn the paperwork side of things and the, the things that most people don't know about, you know, wrestling. <laughs> so I was very grateful that he stuck around and helped me. And then uh, Frank and John, uh, you know, invested their kids with me and, and they were kind of running a very small youth program. And, uh, you know, they stayed and said they were in a hundred percent and now their kids, you know, I know, you know, Jimmy Wood and David Wood and yep. definitely Reese Cox. Yep. Um, all those kids were bought in and, and those guys said we're, we're in for the long haul. And the funny thing is their kids all graduated 15 years ago and uh, they're both still here with me. So, <laughs> so, you know, they said they were going to leave many years ago. So um, those two have kind of been my rock, you know, anytime I need something, we go out to dinner and have a discussion. So I, I've been very um, thankful that I've had those two and, and, you know, a lot of my assistants that I wrestled with in high school and college and and uh, parents, um, especially Judy. I'm sure you're aware Judy's been around for a long time. She does so much for our program. So mm -hmm. I think I've surrounded myself with 
just great people and and there's no possible way we could be uh as successful or just have the program we have without my surrounding cast no question about that that's a it's great that you say that um when you're because you've had this longevity with your assistant coaches is there anything particularly that you're looking for in an assistant coach well you know uh, again when i was a kid you know when i first started coaching and like i said i was 23 and it was more or less hey i want to get in the wrestling room and work with some kids and you don't really know the ins and out of coaching at that point it was just about getting into the room and and working out with kids and making them better and and i really had no idea what i was in for um and then i you know i had a couple local guys that were john glenn guys kind of help and kick in and then um I had one of my college buddies, uh, Jeremy Harris, and uh, uh, a high school friend, Colin O'Brien, that was in the area. So they kind of jumped in with me right away, and they were with me for a number of years. Um, And from that point, you know, like I said, John and Frank have been around the whole time. And it's kind of funny how it it matured because I haven't had a big turnover really with coaching because um, now it's all my kids. You know, and they're all adults and, and, you know, so those kids that were coached by all those guys I just mentioned um, came up through the program and, and, and they all stuck around. So now pretty much my entire staff um, is all kids that wrestled for me in the mid 2000s and even, you know, 2010 and after. So it's like we've been able to keep it in the family and, and I've had very, very little turnover looking at. 23 years of having coaches. So pretty thankful for that. Yeah. You must be doing something right. Nobody wants to leave you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just a um, big family. One of the things I've admired about, about your coaching, about your, your program is that all your kids that I've seen over the years, they're all tough. Like there, there's not a kid when, 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 when you're wrestling, you're the Rockets, Right. Right. It, when you wrestle a John Glenn Rocket, you know strap up. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a hard six minute match. How do you cultivate that that toughness and grit in all your wrestlers? And I and I'm going from your most talented guys to your just your I shouldn't say least talented, but your probably least experienced guys. How do you build that toughness in them? Well, um, I mean, we're definitely old school in our room. There's no question about that. Um, you know, I, I think it's just a culture you build in your practice room every single day. And, and I know it sounds kind of cliche, but you put in the work and, and we push them beyond what they think they can go. Um, and it's kind of funny you say that because I hear that from a lot of coaches, um, and most of them like yourself are top level guys and from our area. And, and I always hear that, Hey, if you're going to wrestle a John Glenn guy, you better put your headgear on tight because you know what's coming. So, I mean, that's a huge compliment to me and uh, our program in general that, you know, they know what kind of people we're getting. So I guess, you know, we obviously, uh, you know, we put in the time and, and the kids work extremely hard in practice and we try to push them mentally and physically um, a lot further than they think they can go. So when they step out on the mat for competition, that's the easy part. Right. You know, we went through these practices and, were pushed far beyond where they ever thought they could go. So 
I guess that's kind of my job at that point to, you know, make the competition the easy part because they've already gone through the tough part. Right. Right. No, I, I just, uh, always admired all your kids. And then, so I, I guess I, I wasn't going to uh, bring this up. So Anthony Gibson, um, who was <laughs> a, a, a very great wrestler for you was a two-time finalist and ended up wrestling at Northern Illinois. I want to say, yeah, um, he's still there. Yeah. Um, I think about that year in 2017 because we wrestled you guys and he actually, he beats Victor Shaner in a pretty close match. Yeah. Um, and then he, in the semifinals, he has his uh, Victor's brother, Noah, Noah Shaner, in the semifinals. And Noah's a defending state champion. Um, what went into that whole, like, I don't know, I would say game plan per se, but how would you get that kid to believe, like you've done with many of your athletes that have beaten kids that on paper say, well, this guy's that much better than this person technically, but you haven't watched these guys wrestle. You don't know really who the best guy is. Yeah, I mean, we did our homework on on your guys, obviously, but you know, I can't take all of, uh, a lot of the credit for Anthony. That that young man is definitely one of the most mentally tough kids that team. Um, you know, his dad was a couple time All Stater and state finalist. That was a big supporter of the program, and Anthony walked in the room with that grit and that toughness and the mental game. I mean, that kid just couldn't be broke no matter what we did to him. And he had a really <laughs> tough room of guys. Right. Um, not to mention coaches that would go with him. And he would never break. I mean, he would always be ready for – in a lot of ways, he's just kind of that dream kid you want in your room. You know, he didn't win all the time, but he won most of them. And uh, you knew exactly what you were getting out of him when he stepped foot on the mat. He'd look you right in the eye and tell you what he was going to do and – and he really believed it. So um, I really, I, I, there's a reason he's wrestling division one right now because his mental game um, is beyond most high school kids mm -hmm. that I've had on my team. So again, I wish I could take all the credit for it, but uh, <laughs> you know, I think, I think that one was made that way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and like I said, I'm, I'm one of those kind of coaches that appreciate kids that work hard and it was a, Great match by him and, and fun, fun kid to, to watch uh, compete as with a lot of your kids. And, and, and you've had some some pretty good ones. Uh, the Mars, Jordan Brandon, Reese Cox. I mean, you can just go on and on and on the list of of hammers that you've produced in your program. Um, if you were to give advice to a new coach coming in, what would you say to them? They're, 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 they're anxious. They want to get their skin in the game. What, what would, what kind of advice would you give to them? Um, I, first thing I would probably tell them is to have lots of patience. Um, <laughs> and that's not always easy for wrestlers. I mean, we kind of are all built the same way. Um, and we want to win. You want it to happen now. Um, sometimes there's some discrepancies in that with, with, um, coaches and kids and officials and you name it, everything sure. under the sun. Yeah. Um, but you got to build those relationships. And I think that's probably one of the biggest things that I've learned um, over the last 20 plus years is you got to have patience and you, you got to put the time in. Um, and if you can't put the time in, then it's probably not going to happen. You know, kind of one of my pet peeves as a coach is, is watching teams or maybe, you know, kids not having quite the success 
um, whether it be on my team or other teams or just in the sport in general, um, that don't put in the time. You know, I always tell mine at the end of the day, you got to kind of look at yourself and look in the mirror and ask yourself if you're doing everything that you can possibly do um, before you get upset about your results. So as a coach, um, you know, and as a wrestler, I think the same rules apply. Um, you know, you got to have patience. You got to put the time in. You got to put the work in. Um, you've got to work a million different angles, whether it be with your your team, your your kids, your administration. I mean, there's just so many things that have to come together for a team to be successful. And that takes a long time to figure out. And obviously, you know, I don't think you ever figure it out completely. I think I'm still figuring it out. <laughs> uh, I think it goes back to the old educator thing. Like we're always we're lifelong learners. We're always trying to learn to um, different things and to get better. Um, it, 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 it's crazy to talk about like patience. I think for a lot of coaches, depending on your situation, I, I think there's kind of this, um, this perception that, and when you're a highly successful coach that you don't have any problems or, or issues in, in a program. And realistically is that every coach has some type of issue or problem. The scale of the issues or problems are a little bit different, but in some ways are similar. I'm sure there are parents that are frustrated the way you run the program. And there's parents that love the way you run the program, but that's pretty much in any program. So I, I, I think there's this perception that once you reach a certain level that all the problems go away, they don't go away. No, you, you said that perfectly. I mean, that, like you said, the highest level of, of teams that win state titles consistently have different problems than teams that have 10 kids on the team. But like you said, they're, they're all problems and y'all have to deal with them in a, a certain way. And yeah, you said it, you couldn't have said it better. <laughs> um, my, my last thing, Bill, I was thinking about, um, you were, the, I think I want to say it was your 2018 yeah, because that was our, our, our coaches clinic where you had this system of uh, off-season points and kids could get points for doing stuff. And I thought one of the coolest things you did was with the tennis team for your for your school. Could you explain that to the audience, like uh, <laughs> how your point system worked and how that worked for the tennis team? Well, um, you know, all the sports in general, but tennis was a pretty unique situation. Um so just this kind of motivation for the kids and, and, you know, they bought in many years ago, we kind of have a summer point system to where they keep track of, of camps and clinics and open rooms and being part of other sports. And it's kind of an all big, it's a culmination of, of uh, those points. And then they get rewarded for that. So we have t-shirts and, you know, they can get their name on a singlet. That way they get to use that singlet for four years and that kind of thing. Um, so, um, with the point system, the one year the, the tennis team was struggling getting bodies out. They only had a couple kids on the team. And and uh, the AD, which also wrestled for me, came to me and said, hey, is there any chance you can get some of your guys to come off of the team? And um, Gibson was actually one of those kids in my <laughs> – go figure, right? You're right. Um, and my nephew was one of them and, and Ty Collin that graduated this year. And there's a four or five more kids. Um, so he said, how can we get some numbers out? Well, you know, in my point system, I always want the kids to be multi-sport athletes. You know, they shouldn't, they shouldn't focus on one, um, because you never know where your niche is going to be first of all. And secondly, 
you know, as you know, you're only in high school once. So just experience everything and and try to have fun. So these guys took it upon themselves. To, a couple of them were were point uh, a few points short of their summer point goals. And the fall had come and I said, hey, guys, sorry, you know, you're not going to get it. And, well, what can we do to get it? So I knew I had that conversation already about <laughs> tennis numbers being low. So I said, well, if you're not a football player or a cross country guy or a soccer guy, um, you know, why don't you go off for the tennis team and you'll get those 25 points and it'll put you over. And they're like, really? I said, yeah. So, you know, they did it. Obviously, tennis is completely different than wrestling. So it was fun for them. You know, they got to go out there and and I think I had over 10 of them go out for the tennis team. So he turned from two kids to over a dozen. Now yeah. you got to think he had a bunch of knucklehead wrestlers on the team. So I probably right. made his job harder. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he was grateful. And I'll tell you what, by the end of that year, um, my kids had, they had so much student support. We had kids making tunnels with the tennis guys running through it to go to the tennis courts. Um, and they, they called them D one tennis. You know, they weren't established and they, they couldn't say a lot of the goals, but man, they had banners made. And the next thing you know, tennis was a pretty cool sport to be out for. And they had a following. Um, so since then, you know, that was a couple of years back. We always have a few kids that kind of sustain that tennis team and have fun. And now they've, They've taken on it as another activity that is kind of, I guess, one of the uh, off season of wrestling sports, which yeah. it never was before. So, oh my gosh, it was, that's a, it was so... a pretty cool situation. <laughs> well, that's great, and, that, and that's another like kind of team building type of deal, and really a school wide uh, spirit type of deal. And, and it's great that you do things like that and reward your your athletes for becoming more part of the school and, and supporting each other as is awesome. Well, Bill, thank you so much. I really appreciate the insight. Always great to talk to you. I uh, really did miss you this year. We always have great conversations at the, the coaches uh, meeting with the MWA and, and I appreciate the things that you do and uh, filling the cup of those athletes and, and the athletes in some ways need wrestling more than wrestling needs them because it changes their lives. So I appreciate you and thank you so much. Again, my friend, you couldn't have said it better. I really appreciate your time and uh, keep doing what you're doing. These podcasts are great. Thank you, Bill. And I appreciate you being on. Have a great day. You too. Thank you for listening to the Coach T Podcast by my dad.